We've got a special episode for you today as Brother Hines once again speaks with Brother Garrett Scott Grandy. We're going to talk about our favorite experiences in the gospel ministry as well as give a critique of the contemporary Christian movement. You're not going to want to miss it. It's right here on the Cowboy Clergyman Podcast. All right, everybody, thank you for tuning in this morning to the Cowboy Clergyman Podcast. I'm your host, Brother Matthew Hines. I have the privilege of pastoring the Faith Independent Missionary Baptist Church in beautiful, sunny Tampa, Florida. We are an independent, premillennial, missions-minded, landmark Baptist church, doing our very best to win the city of Tampa with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thankful to be able to have another episode today with my good friend, brother Garrett Scott Grandy, all the way from upstate New York. My brother, thanks for coming back. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy. I know you got a lot going on. Thanks for, for doing this this morning. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I loved doing uh, last week. It was good. Um, I think we had a good response from that, actually. And I, I, appreciate, I appreciate some of the comments from pastors that uh, tuned in and enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and and uh, looking forward to today. And I always enjoy talking about anything with you. We talk about anything. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> we can talk about the rocks on the side of the road and find some spiritual application. Yeah. That's right. So uh, I think, uh, you know, we always have a good time. So I'm looking forward to it. Amen. Uh, all right, so we we talked last week. We're gonna we need to have a part two of that conversation, but we're not gonna do it today. We're gonna have we're gonna have a different <laughs> focus. So we'll have to have you on the podcast again. But brother Garrett and I, of course, we've known each other for I guess it's been close to like twelve years now, brother. It's been a long time. Years. Yeah. Years. So we've we've had, we've obviously done ministry together we've been involved in ministries together we actually had a very successful youth program uh, a junior church together that we ran and i thought it'd be cool if we just shared some of our greatest ministry experiences whether it was in bible college whether if it was after the fact or even before the fact i know i know you like myself you've had some opportunities that most that most young men would would say, man, I I wish I could do something like that. So I thought maybe we could talk about that. And then, of course, you know, we also wanted to critique something because that's just who we are. So we we, talk about something. That's right. We can't. We have to go. We have to go against or go at something. So we're we're not only going to do that for a time, but then we're going to give a critique. Uh, the contemporary Christian movement. So let's uh, let's start right off. Let's go back to Westgate Baptist Church in, oh, I guess it'd be 2012, 2013, to this little youth department, this, this junior church. And we won't name children, of course. We can't share any names, uh, but we can certainly detail the experiences. And so, brother, why don't you share some of these great experiences that we had and we'll we'll work from Westgate outward to other things we've experienced. Sure. Uh, you know, I I uh kind of was more of the assistant helper, you know, be a music, you know, things and Matt brother Matt was more of the 
did the devotional and stuff. I did a few, and uh, we had a great time. Um, of course, our most of our kids there were were bus kids, and I'm a, right. we're both we're both bus kids. I just want to say I'm a big believer in the bus ministry. I think every church should have some form of a bus ministry, even if it's not a bus. It right. Have to be a physical bus. Right. But you should have, you should be picking people up, get a van, use your car, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. You, know, you should bring somebody to church. I mean, goodness gracious, the men in the Bible carried a guy on a bed to the Lord. So, yes. You know, you carry carry somebody to church. You gotta piggyback them. You have to, you know, whatever it takes. Uh, so we had a lot of those bus kids, and man, I just, uh, you know, I have nothing. Obviously, I have nothing against kids who grown up in church. I think you know both make up make up many churches. You know, mixture of both types of people. Uh, but most of our kids were that way, and uh, I think you know, honestly, of all of all the experiences that I've had in ministry, that might be my favorite of all. Yeah. Uh, I would uh, personally, a lot of times, I'd rather sit down with a little child and talk to them about the Lord than I would even get up and preach to two hundred people. You know, sure. And I love, I love preaching in front of people. You know, whether it's right. two people or two hundred or two thousand people. Right. But talking to a child is, is so exciting. And one of one of the one of the good ex, one of the good experiences we had a young man, uh, no name names like we said, but he's probably he's probably. 18 now yeah probably yeah at least yeah at least he's probably an adult now yeah um, back then this young man uh he was a he was quiet reserved and i always thought i wonder if he's listening and so brother matt came to the idea you know let's let's let the kids get up and speak (laughs) (laughs) which wasn't always a good idea (laughs) wasn't always a good idea but Yeah. So these were babes in Christ. You know, all of them were babes in Christ if they were saved. We knew that there were some that probably weren't. Right. Uh, that um, understand things. But this young man got up and, and he just simply gave the gospel. Yeah. He didn't, I mean, in the simplest, most direct way, he just looked at the kid and he said, You need all need to get saved. Yeah. And he quoted some verses or, you know, gave a paraphrase of the verses that he, re- he remembered hearing. And both of us just started crying. <laughs> weeping, weeping, weeping. I looked over at you and you looked at me and we were long. I was I was done. Yeah. It was to me it was a it was a it was a verification. It was a I'm where it was a stamp, if you will, by God to say, Hey, you guys are making an impact. Right. And this it's, and all I can think of is well, that was me. That was you. Right. You know. Um you your your testimony's a little different than mine. Um, you know, you got saved, then later in life got right with God, but you were one of those people too that people were like, hey, is this kid even, you know, is he even listening? Is right. God even speaking in? And he was. And I thought the same thing about him. Like I said, he's even, you know, listening. He just kind of doesn't look like he's there. Right. Listening. And then he gets up and says that, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you gave a better gospel appreciation than I could have gave you. Uh, kids, sometimes, sometimes we have to be overcomplicated, and he's just Boom, this is what you gotta do. You gotta call on Jesus and that's it. You know, and then he sat down. No smile, no loud, no nothing, just straight to the points, sat down and that's it. And then we were like, Wow. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. Got it. Was... It was like this it was like, Yeah, he got it. You know, you try to teach somebody something. Right. And you teach him and teach him and teach him for a year, couple of years. 
Right. And then you're like, oh man, he got it. He yes. gets it. Yes. And that's what it was like. It was like that moment we were like, this is where this is why we're doing. We're tired. We got Bible college classes and barely sleep. Working job. You were working a job. I was working a job. Getting in there, doing the kids. Sometimes they wear you out. Yeah. You're like, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And then boom, there it is. Yeah. That was one of my favorite memories. Man, I I agree, and, and just like you said, it was a, it was a vindication or verification that they were they were yeah. listening and that they they did get it. And just to hear him get up, literally, really, what he did in essence was repeat everything we have we said. Exactly. It, it wasn't anything new. It was it was just things he heard from us, and and the children like applauded him and. It, it it was just like man, this is an, an incredible. I think I think about in the youth in the in the junior church, my own my own experiences as well. Because of course you graduated, and then I was there for a little while by myself afterward. Yeah. Yeah. I think about like the kids. There was a Christmas concert at their at their uh, school, and I, you know, got invited to come. Me and my sister. And the kid's parents didn't even go. She wouldn't have had anybody there. Wow. And it just, and that, you know, people say, oh, brother, that's not ministry. I mean, if you don't consider that ministry, uh, then, then I don't know what, you, what you're talking you about. Get out of the business and go do something else. Right. Being there for people yeah. and, and just to see the smile on her, her face when she saw yeah. us in the crowd and uh, and just just to see the joy, and then there were some kids. It's as simple as picking them up and taking them out to get pizza, or or yeah. taking them to the you know kids love milkshakes from Steak and Shake. You know, just just investing in the young people, and, and some of the highlights of my life. I learned to preach in the in the junior churches. Those were the the early days of writing messages and and learning yeah. how to put outlines together and. I remember you had a big, huge turnout in the gymnasium. You remember that you you had a push. There was a you were trying to have a big day, and and get the kids to invite their friends. I think oh, you even yeah, yeah. I think you even have a picture of it on your Facebook. I do. I I uh, well, what happened was is I talked I talked to the bus captain. I won't name like we know who it is. But yeah. I, won't name it. I talked to the bus captain, and you know she said. Well, you know, if we can get this many kids, we'll buy a little Caesars. So I got up in the bus and I said, hey, guys, you know, it's like 20 kids. I'm like, no way. You know, I'm thinking, you know, there's no way they're going to do this. You know, I'm like, we got to get 75 kids in here. If we get 75 kids, pizza, you know. Next, that was like the next week or the week after something. There's 100 kids. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> these, these kids come. Like, that's all it took was pizza. But <laughs> It was awesome. But, but it was all I, mean, I couldn't believe we could. I couldn't even move. I remember too because uh, Pastor had given a challenge to shine your shoes, and I remember that Sunday I I had spent like three hours shining my shoes. Shiny yeah, yeah. man, they you could see the glory of God in those shoes. <laughs> and I got on the bus, first kid jumped right on top, and I'm like, well, there goes the shoes. But hey, it was worth it. But it was I just thought it was so funny that I spent all that time. I was like, Pastor, I shine these shoes this morning, but bus kid, man, they scuffed them out. <laughs> but yeah, um, I I really enjoyed, you know, you gave them that opportunity. Uh, we had that one kid that read the entire uh, chapter of the Bible. Oh, for Christmas, he read, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he read the whole he read account of Luke two. chapter 2. 
And then he said, he said, Jesus died for your sins, and he sat down. I mean, he what? <laughs> He wasn't wrong, but he could have read Romans 5 8. You know, he wasn't wrong, but yeah. Man, and what's even funnier is we let him read the whole thing. That's what we didn't even catch on. We're like, we're like, he's going somewhere with this. Well, there goes all the junior church. We don't even got to preach today. Yeah. Well, he's going, he's going somewhere. He's going somewhere. So what? Yeah. What else, brother? So we we talked about Westgate. Any other any other times in your ministry in your life? Maybe we can talk about a certain young man we both know that we've been able to invest in his life. Uh, you know, we and again we're not going to name names because of you know uh, others involved and just legality and stuff. But maybe we can talk about him a little bit. Sure. So it was a VBS and. I, li- I lived in a big apartment complex. I actually graduated. I went back home and helped the church. And uh, I was in the apartment complex where I grew up. I was living with my dad at the time. And I just seen a bunch of kids running around. I'm like, well, you know, got to get out and fight these kids. Tell them about BBS. See if they'll come. We got a church van. can pick them up for free and free feed them and, you know, have a good time. So this one young man was <laughs> He's riding around on his bike, but he is, you know, he's got no shoes, no socks. It was so funny. It must have been 3,000 degrees. And I'm like, dude, you got burn your feet on this pavement. You know, and he's like, he's like, I don't care. I'm just having fun, you know. <laughs> and uh, he's riding around. Finally, I got a chance to get him to stop because he kept riding. He was, you know, he's full of energy. Still to this day, he's full of energy. But back then, yes. he was really full of energy. Yes. And I was like, I can't even follow this kid's energy up in five seconds. But I... I said, hey, man, I said, we got BBS, guys, like, we got food, we got games, prizes, skits, you know, Bible lesson. He's like, oh, man, I've never been to anything like that before. But he goes, oh, how, how can I come? And I told him about the van, and the guy said, we'll pick you up. I think it started the next day or two days later. And I said, we'll pick you up such and such a time of this day. And I was so excited. But I was, you know, I had my doubts. I'm like, is he even, you know, is he even going to be home when I come? And he... Man, he was ready to go. Awesome. Dressed up nice and came. Awesome. And uh, I think it was, oh, man, it must have been a couple months went by. And he came come, come to church, and, and he ended up getting saved. And I remember, uh, you know, one of my favorite memories with him uh, was we were in the church band bringing them home. And he goes, man, when I grow up, I, he goes, I want to be a talk show host and a preacher. <laughs> exactly what he said. I said, so you're gonna. I said, sure, you're gonna do both, man. I said, you're gonna do the talk show, and then you're gonna give a message. He's like, yeah, yeah. He goes, I, I have funny jokes. He's telling me his jokes, and then I said, give me a. I said, give me a message. So right then and there, he gave me the gospel in the in the van. We were all like, yeah, that's it, man. You know, he's like, he goes, that's what I would preach, and I'm like, yeah, that's all you need to preach right there. So to this day, he's still going to church. Yeah, yeah. Much older now, and a high school kid. Yeah. But probably I'm thankful, man. I'm thankful I saw him running around there. <laughs> probably one of the most faithful members too. Uh, that yeah, that the church had. And what's so interesting is, Brother Garrett moved away, and then God called me to be the assistant pastor of the church that he was serving in. Yeah. And uh, I was praying about planting the church in Massachusetts, where Garrett's from, and then the Lord kind of changed things around. But then I, Brother Garrett had him as really like a preteen and then an early teenager. And then yeah. I was able to spend 
14, 15, uh, those, those years of his life, I was able to, to be there with him. And this young man, we spent a lot of time together. Uh, mostly there was, there was correction. There was love. There was, there was a lot of good times. We had a lot of fun together. He, he really, uh, it's funny. Uh, we would go to, we would go to like Wendy's. There was a Wendy's right by the church and, uh, this is a young black boy, and it, it's funny because we would go and and people would be like, "Your son is so well behaved." <laughs> obvious, <laughs> obviously, he's not my son, but uh, at the white, same time, white, white lady too. yeah, yeah, and well, at the same time, I thought it was sweet that people kind yeah. of saw a father son relationship that that we had, and he spent a lot of time at our house. He he learned a lot of doctrine, of course. Uh, he has a great pastor anyways, and then uh, we got to spend a lot of time uh, teaching him, and, and he was in our Sunday school class, and I took him, I think, I want to say I took him to one of his first youth conferences uh, in, uh, to brother, uh, oh, I, we're not going to say names, but downtown Boston, uh, well, Dorchester, and uh, we had a good, we had a great time, and yeah, man, just investing in people, and I saw a lot of him and me, he's a goofball. He, uh, you know, all he cared about at times was his bike and trying to get a girlfriend and what his buddies at school and food. He loved food to this day. There was a brother in the, there was a brother in the church that would make these delicious egg and cheese, uh, croissants and he would eat like eight of them and he only cooked 10 and he would eat like eight, but yeah, that was, it's incredible. So, Brother Garrett and I, that's uh, kind of some places where we both have shared some experiences. I want to I want to share another some others, uh, maybe that, of course, because we we both have different experiences. One of my greatest opportunities I ever got was to preach in prisons. I don't know, brother, if you've ever been able to do that, but I remember one summer. One summer, I, I, of course, went to Perry, Florida, which is about three hours north of here, close to Tallahassee, and I was able to preach in prisons all summer, and one one afternoon, the this guy had, the, the man that was in charge of the whole operation, he got it to where, like, almost every prisoner in, in, the, in the prison was at the chapel service, and wow. there was, like, 1,700 prisoners. Wow. And as an, I just turned 19, it was July the 17th on July 16th. I turned 19 years old Coming up, and man. actually, yeah, it is. And I'll be 27. I can't believe it. But uh, time just goes by so quick. I got up there and I preached my heart out. I preached a sermon out of first Corinthians six, where the Bible says, and such were some of you. And I, I just laid the hammer down. You you may have been a murderer, you may have been a thief, you may have been an, a rapist, you may have been a tax evader. I don't know, Kent Hovind <laughs> might have been there. But which we're trying to get Kent Hovind on the podcast. Brother Hovind, please come. Oh, Brother Hovind, please come out. be on the podcast. But man because <laughs> we called him out as a tax evader. No, we no, no. free Kent Hovind. But uh, even though he's out. But um <laughs> but that was one of the highlights of my life. And actually, 57 men over the course of that summer, I saw them give their life to Christ. They got saved wow. in the prison. That's one of the highlights for sure of my ministry. And I've had opportunities, like we said, 
I've preached all up and down the East Coast. I really, I'm not saying that to brag or, or to make myself, I don't really know of young men my age that have had the opportunities that I've been able to have. I preached at preacher's meetings at 20 years of age. You know, I've I've been involved with brand new church plants, just just all kinds of things uh, that have been been blessing. Brother Garrett, any anything else? I know you were a principal of a school for a time and things like I, that. I, so I wasn't the principal; I was like the assistant kind of like. Principal. Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay. Yeah, the pastor was always kind of, you know kind of the. Principal. Sure, of course, of course. But I was like, I was like his, you know, acting principal, if you will, but the final decision. You know, he would be the one. We'd be like, "Hey, we're gonna take you down to the pastor's office. You don't behave." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, man. I they always send Bible college. You know, you're gonna do things that you never expected. Things are gonna come up. You just gotta, you know, go be flexible. And uh, I remember we had some Christian school classes, and they talked about, you know, one day you might be a teacher. I'm like, I'll never do that. Right. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong? I remember I got the got to that church church there as the assistant they were like, no hey we need a those second first and second grade english teacher and i'm like oh well i said first second grade english can't be that hard what do you you know three letter words four letter words man i had to you know you had uh, it stretched me because i had to be creative because you've got these little kids you know and you can't just you can't just slap a piece of paper in front of them and you know they're not going to learn they need to, you know, it need to be exciting. And there was, I remember I had to do a, uh, we had to, we had to, in the book we used, um, I want to say it was a Becca, but I can't remember now. It was one of those, you know, well-known Christian, you know, school book curriculum yeah. thing. And uh, one of the projects was they had to write a, they had to write a letter and put it in, you know, in an envelope and stamp it learn how to address the envelope and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, man, how do you teach a six-year-old how to do this? So I literally videoed the class from the post office. <laughs> I went to the post office, and I showed them how to mail out a letter, and they loved it. And That's I awesome. Like, I was like, is this really ministry? And um, I'm like, I don't, I was like, this is, you know, what is, how does this, how is this apply to ministry? And you know, obviously be flexible and things. Well, it was like a year or two later, um, I I uh, got a letter from one of the kids that moved away. He actually sent me a letter, and in the letter told me about the lesson about sending out a letter. And he said he told me about one of the, the chapel services, a uh, pastor that actually just passed away this last year. He was a older guy. And how he got saved in that chapel service. And but I he sent me a letter and it was like, you know, kind of like tied it all together. I was like, man, that's so cool that this, you know, something I taught him, he knows how to do now. And the Bible's obviously full of letters and sent Paul wrote letters and sent them out. Uh they got had got there somehow. So it was biblical in a way. <laughs> but you know, I, I yeah, I was a, I taught uh, I had to do gym classes. And uh, had to do English. Did uh, I actually did a uh, seventh and eighth grade English class? We had to read. Oh, was the hide? We read the hiding. Uh, hiding place. The hiding place. Yeah. Hiding place. And um, we watched the, the film there, the older film, and it was a it was a good time. I, I was like, man, I did. And eventually, I ended up doing Bible Institute at the church too. 
Oh, like a Bible college? Like a Bible college yeah. with some classes. And I used the same Richard Hester books that we used. Oh. Uh, we used, yeah, we used those books that, yeah. that dog, dog had us use. Still have great books. Yes. And, um, used those, but that teaching the kids and teaching the fifth, uh, sixth, seventh grade English class has helped me with the Bible Institute class. Just because teaching a class is so much different than preaching, it's just totally different. Sure. Uh, it's more about uh, and, uh, absorbing material and instructing. But anyways, that was that was a great experience for me. It was it was awesome. fun. It was man, it was challenging because sometimes those kids would come in there, those little kids having a bad day, and they want to throw a temper tantrum, and you gotta like, you know, how do you deal with that? There was one particular kid, and I'll stop. I'll stop after this. There was one particular kid who had, I mean, a really rough upbringing, uh, banded by his parents, and he was kind of taken in by some. Uh, I think it was his grandparents took him in, and he, they were in the church, and he was just, oh man, his behavior was so bad, and it was just lack of instruction. But I had to sit with him every day. I just would sit down next to him. I get on my knees right on the floor right next to him because the desk was so low, they were so little. So I was like right up eye level. And man, he, and I didn't think I had anything that was getting through to him. He ended up getting saved like when he was wow. 15. Wow. And I went back to that church and he ran up to me, gave me a hug. And he's like, man, he goes, I remember back in the day, he used to sit next to me and, you know, teach me how to write cursive and things like that. I'm like, all that, you know, I didn't think it was ministry, but it was it just care not i'm not yeah. bragging on myself but like you're saying with the kids giving them or taking them out to wendy's it is ministry it is yes. ministry. showing them those things you tell me like you told me last night you know this young man that we've invested in together he you know he, your wife taught him etiquette how to eat how yeah to behave, yeah like all those things are so important that's all ministry you know yeah. and so um brother i've never been a uh, a pastor like yourself, but do you have any, you know, you've been a pastor now for a couple of years. So what is some of your pastorals? Yeah, well, several, several. I'll give you the most recent. Um, we are finally, of course, I took a church where uh, the pastor before me was very sick and just tried his best to keep everything going. And he, he kept the core group of people together. But most of them are elderly. They're older. You know, the demographics of our congregation, most are 55 plus. Well, we've finally gotten some young, younger people coming in, and uh, particularly a, a woman and her daughter and then her two children. And, you know, one, one of the highlights of my, my whole life is just a couple Sundays ago, I was able to win her oldest son to Christ in my office, which was a blessing. But she's got a little, a little boy, and he is rambunctious. He is crazy. And, you know, uh, he, he doesn't know how to behave in church, but that's not his fault. He's never been. And, uh, you know, just, just, but when he saw me, his eyes lit up and he came running and, you know, just to hear preacher, preacher, preacher. And, you know, yeah. I lifted him up in my arms and he, he hugged my neck. Man, that's that's precious, man. I'll I'll take that over, you know, I'd rather him be there than in the streets or, you know, at some place, a daycare or somewhere where they don't care about him. You know, I'd, I'd rather be 
I'd rather him crawl over the pews. If we have to repaint something, we'll paint it. If we have to rip a piece of carpet up and replace it, we will. You know, that that's I'd rather him be there and, you know, be a little rambunctious than be somewhere else. So that's a highlight for sure is having these young people now. And, and it's funny, uh, we keep mentioning young people, and I think it's because we really have a heart for younger people. We love young people. But I'll tell you another, and I'll mention, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we're almost in our 30s, but we are, we are, which I cannot believe. You're closer to me, bless God. But uh, uh, yours yeah, coming up soon, too. So I know. Uh, I know. I'll mention this brother's name, and, and he has really grown a lot. I. I, of course, uh, was at a church previously and for a year, and things just didn't work out there. The, I, I think the candlestick was gone before I got there. But um, we were there for a year, and I ended up winning a man to Christ a couple streets over from where the church was on his doorstep, me and my wife. His name is John, and John has never been involved in church. He was Catholic. He's from Chicago. Well, I invited him to come to church and, of course, tried to talk to him about baptism, but he never he never came. The first Sunday as pastor at Faith, he called me and asked if he could start coming to church. So I went and picked him up. He started attending for like a month, and then I started, you know, of course, after a month, you're like, okay, you need to, you need to make a decision about baptism. And uh, he ended up getting baptized, and he has been so faithful over the year. He's there anytime I need him. He goes soul winning with me every Saturday. He makes calls to shut-ins and to widows. There's a lady in the nursing home. I didn't know she was there. He dug around and found out for me that she's in the nursing home. So he he's on top of it. He set up appointments so we can go and visit her. Uh, give me one second here. I've got a He's made uh he's made these appointments so we could go visit her and he's he's just on top of it and it's it's yeah. a, it's it's a blessing to see people listen to the preaching and then grow in the preaching and then and then live it you know uh you know they that preach the gospel must live it you know that's our command and we're also commanded to be examples or in samples to the flock and jo John himself is really becoming an example to to everyone else, and it's really a it's just a blessing to, you know. And that that's the first real disciple, you know, as a pastor that I that I made was John. He's the first, and there's several others. We have Brother Joe, we have Brother Tim, we have Sue, we have a lot of people named Sue in our church. There's like five Sues. But they've all been baptized and discipled, and it's just a blessing to see everyone grow. That's a highlight for sure. And and number number two would be just serving with my wife and to see how she really, how God really uses her. And if you know my wife, Brother Garrett knows my wife, she is reserved. She is submissive. She is not loud. She is not one to be out in front or to be seen or noticed. So to watch her really take charge and get in her element and and do the work of a pastor's wife, whatever that is, you know, cleaning the nursery or cleaning the fellowship hall or uh, ministering to ladies, you know, it's just awesome to see her do that as well and to love it. Because not a lot of people know this, 
Brother Garrett and I prayed together over my marriage. There was some, there was some, you know, uh, when I first met my wife, she did not want to be a pastor's wife. And I'm like, man, I'm called to preach. I'm, I'm going to be a pastor. What do I do? And Brother Garrett and I spent a lot of time at the altar together. Uh, that, those were big decisions. And, and you were there for me, brother, man, I, you know, that, that feels like just yesterday, but I was 18 yeah. years old, hugging the altar. Yeah, you were, you were like, man, I really, you were like, oh man, I really love this girl, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you torn, and you were, you were Twitter paid. <laughs> you were torn up, man. And I was like, yeah, you know, she's a nice girl. I, I think, was she there a little longer than you? I think you joined in the middle of the year. She came a semester before I did. A semester before, yeah. so I knew little while before you were in the college i'm like yeah she's a great person you know quiet and i you know i said i don't know her very well but you know you like her so he's like yeah, but he's like man the big thing you were like man the thing is is i want to be a preacher and you know she doesn't know she's want to be married to a preacher and i don't remember what we said on the altar i just remember we prayed and, and god worked it out and yeah. here we are years later but but God, we were there at the altar, man. There were no lights on. It was dark. It was pitch black. Yeah. It was always nice and cool in there, which was nice yeah. in the Florida sun. You know, we get on there and we're right down there at the altar. We prayed. Yes. And praise God. God, God, God definitely brought you two together. It was no Amen. doubt. Amen. Will Amen. Three, three kids and three babies in the church. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, prayer works, man. Prayer Amen. works, and, and of course, uh, how God brought you know you two together is incredible. You know, got to get a yeah. church, church girl from Nebraska meets a guy from Tampa, you know, Bible college, and uh, it just all that, all how all God worked out. God knew, God knew, God worked it out. So He brought us together. Yes, absolutely. Like ministry, in the end. All these experiences—it's it's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. And there's many times, you know, we preach or we do things, and we don't see any results for even years sometimes. But my mind always goes back to uh, Adam, as Adoniram Judson. He preached and labored. I think it took him seven. It was seven years before he baptized somebody. Yes. And some people. Some people are like, oh, man, if they go, you know, two, a couple months, they're like, well, it's not successful. It's not, you know, but, hey, sometimes it takes a long time to break through the ice. But once right. that, once it's broken, man, the floodgates open and you're like, you can't even keep up with all that God's doing. Yes. But he's all working behind the scenes. Amen. And when you can't, what's that saying? And you can't uh, see the hand of God, you can trust the heart of God. Absolutely. Sometimes you don't always, you don't always see the the hands moving, but we know it. We know the hands of God are always moving when the word goes forth, when the bus wheels are squealing, <laughs> when they're rolling along. You know, God's God's doing something, man. Praise God, you know. Man. Especially nowadays with you know gas prices the way they are. But if you're if your church, you're watching your church can roll out a bus, man. Praise God, that man. They, people give and the gas money to fill up a bus and pick up those kids. Yes, or People give, and there's a Bible college. Yes. So get married, have yeah. a ministry, praise God. Those things. That's all the Lord's doing, man. Yes. So. Yes. All right. Anything else that uh, that really is a highlight for you? 
yeah, I mean, I'm thankful for all the many experiences that, you know, I've had. I grew, you know, we grew up kind of similar in yes, a way. Yes. But I got, I just, I'm thankful I just had a person in my life, a, a youth pastor in my life that just said, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to take him to all the preachers' meetings, all the big conferences, all the, whatever it is, you know, and I couldn't get enough of it, you know, and that, and I love listening to preaching. I mean, I used to, I, I remember brother, uh, there was a brother, I'm going to say his name, but I, I had an iPod and he just loaded it up with preaching and I, I just love preaching and I'm thankful that there was those people that just, hey, even he, he's not a preacher, but he gave me, he tied me into some good preachers. Man. So, highlight just i'm amazed that i was able to even go to bible college that was a miracle and and, and uh just go to all i've been to all these different states to hear preaching preachers and man I, I some of them know me personally you know and i know them and i've written them they've written me and talked on the phone i'm like man cool <laughs> right you know i i oh, hey man a lot of people have heroes Sports heroes, celebrities, stuff. Some of my heroes are, are preachers. They're pastors. Yeah. They're, they're they're valuable, but I'd rather have them as heroes than some of these other you know some of these people. Absolutely. Other people. So Absolutely. I have so many, you know, we write, we can write a book together. We have highlights of ministry, which we are going to write a book together. That is gonna, that is coming out. That, it, that is coming gonna, out in the future. That's actually another. That's another one of my highlighter highlighters. My yeah. highlights is the Lord letting me write books. I never yeah. thought in a million years that I'd write any books, but I got the church, the book on the church, finished my book on baptism. We're writing a testimony on all the things God's brought us through as a married couple. Man, uh, my wife and I, not Garrett and I, for those uh, <laughs> for those turning in, but <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> but so. What's that? I said I do live in New York, but I don't float down that river. Yeah, that's right. He's not a. Uh, he's not uh, a. <laughs> going the opposite way, my friend. We're rowing the other way. That's now. right. So, <laughs> we touched on these highlights. We got to get into the real crux of the issue now today. You know, but brother Garrett and I, we were trained under what we would call the old guard. You know, really the guys that taught us. These were white shirt wearing. You know, black Bible, King Gent, slicked hair, you know, uh, no nonsense, tracks in the pocket, pins yeah. in the pocket, you know, yeah. shine dress shoes, uh, breath mints and gum so their breath didn't smell right, cologne wearing. These were God these were God's men. All all jokes aside, you know, uh, although we're we're amen in the white the white dress shirts. But uh they, uh, they, these were God's men. These were choice servants. We're talking about yeah. one of our professors. His tires would would wear out in the snow, and he would put cardboard in his tires so he could go back and forth. He said he only slept thirty hours one semester because he was working and pastoring the church, and he had five daughters and a wife. So these these guys were the real deal. These fellas yeah. trained us. They taught us a couple things. Number one, they taught us to love the church, to love the local church, to be involved, to be ministers. Number two, they taught us if it was new, to stay away from it. Amen. <laughs> if it was anything, anything that had to do with this ecumenical contemporary movement or crowd, we were to shun it. We were to avoid it. We were to mark it. 
And I personally praise God. We know some of the guys that we went to school with, they rejected the council. It's kind of it's kind of like in the book of of Kings where or or Chronicles where Rehoboam gets counsel from the elderly men, but then he takes the advice of the young men. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of us have taken the wise counsel, some of us have taken the foolish counsel. Uh yep. but Brother Gary, let's man, let's bust it open right now. Let's uh let's dive into it. We'll feed off each we'll feed off of each other. Sure. So when we use I think when we use the word contemporary, I think generally what that means. Um, you know, I I think for a long time why you know, we don't need to change, we don't need to switch from it. I, and I think one of the words that I hear all the time, and it's just a, a word that grind, grinds my skin when I hear this. We want to be relevant. Yeah. We need to be relevant. Yeah. You know? Well, by nature, honestly, if you're preaching from the Bible, up the Bible's thousands of years old, you're preaching from something that's thousands of years old, it's, you know, it's, it was relevant to, the, relevant to that time, but it's relevant to this time, too. Right. It's, the Bible's not relevant to a particular time. It's eternal. Yes. So that's a word that drives drives me insane. Is we want to be relevant. What does that right. even mean? How do you de- how do you decide? You know how how what is relevant and what isn't. You know, I mean, are you deciding that based on your feelings or based on? And I think a scare. You know, I be- I believe you should you should know your sheep and you should know who the people you have in your church are. But not to the point where you're going to change the message or start using some psychology, you know, psychological method to reach people or, right. you know, well, I know, you know, bro, so-and-so, he has this degree, so I'm, I'm going to get a degree, too, so I can compete, you know, so I can reach out to him. No, I mean, if you're God's man and you have the Lord's spirit, that's God will reach out to those people, you know. God will reach. Luke was a physician. I mean, uh, Paul was a was a uh, you know obviously a very well knowledge uh, knowledgeable man. But God God can fill up your church with those people without you having to change, you know, become relevant or change the Bible exactly. or, or wear a certain shirt or exactly. Or, I got to use this kind of music if I'm going to... No, 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 because the world's always going to be changing and evolving, but we we stand on something that doesn't change and that doesn't need to be evolved. It, it stands the test of time, and I think we've moved away from that. Yeah. That, hey, we need to stick by... They stood... They, what's that verse scripture there? They stood, they stood by the stuff, right? They stayed by the stuff. Right. Is that old... Earth, I think that's what we need to be doing. We need to stay. We need to stick by the stuff, and the Lord will take care of the rest. Right. So, yeah, the Bible tells us in First Corinthians fifteen to be steadfast and unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Unmovable, there, you know, it means not to not to give ground, not to give ground away, and I think we've really done that, especially, you know, we were talking last night about preachers as we were preparing for this for this podcast and of course we're not going to name anyone i i i save that for my pulpit but uh we um we know men 
who 10 years ago said, I will never have this kind of music. I will never dress this way. I will never use these colored bulbs and disco lights. I will never have a darker atmosphere. And then you go on their Facebook page, you go on their church website, you go on their Instagram. It looks like a nightclub. And, yep. it, and it, what, what the problem is, is we've gotten away. It's exactly what you said. The Bible, you and I believe the Bible transcends culture. It, we can reach people without having to lower our standards or change our beliefs. The if, if the gospel is not going to attract you, then my hot dog sale and my car wash and my bounce house for your kids, that's not going to reach you either. It may get your flesh excited to come, but it's not going to reach your soul. You're, you're not going to be helped spiritually by those things. And man, I just it just seems more and more that, and we know this is going to happen because of First First Timothy 3 and, or 2 Timothy 3 and other passages. There's going to be a falling away. There's going to be perilous times. People are going to want stories over scripture. They're going to want this feel good, make me feel like a good person type of atmosphere. And really, that's not what the church is designed to do. The church is designed to give glory to God and then to help you draw closer to him. And we moved away from giving God the glory and we're really just glorifying our own selfish desires would you agree with that absolutely people used to go to the church to, be, to get uncomfortable right now they go to get comfortable right they used to go to church to be enlightened and, and equipped now they go to church to be entertained right <laughs> you know people go people people choose what church they will attend because, oh man, I really like that piano player. I really like the music. I really like the lights. Oh, those pews are so comfortable. But, I mean, goodness, great. You go to, you go to you know, some of these other countries and these people are walking miles and miles and miles to church with no air conditioning, no pew to sit. They sit on the dirt floor. And you think they're concerned about being entertained or any of your stuff? No. And I think, you know, a lot of it is, is all. What, what we really need in this country is we do need some persecution because yeah. that's going to reveal, you know, the, the pretenders and the contenders, <laughs> the who's real and who's fake. Um, right. You know, I don't, I think there's a lot of fake out there. Um, I remember I heard, a, I heard a, a, a preacher say, you know, if, if there was, he said, you know, let's just pretend that, some people existed on other planets and they came to our planet. They wanted to know that truth and they watched your service and they watched the Muslim service and they watched it. Who do you think they think would have the truth? They, he was like, probably not us because we're more flesh and, and they're worried about the external versus these people that are on their face seven times a day, you know, worshiping their God. Right. It, that should be us, man. We need to be on our face and right. we've moved away much from just the plain preaching you know we we have preaching conferences you know preaching conferences now they're now they're like hey let's have six hours of entertainment and a 30 minute message and a 17 hour invitation and boom that's it man <laughs> what happened to you know these are these revivals where 
it was the preaching, man. The, they would preach and preach and preach and preach and preach. Right. And now we've got, and I'm all for good music, and I'm all for testimonies, and I'm all, all those things. Invitations are important, but the preaching, it's the preaching of the cross. Cross is the power of God. Yes. Not the, not the lights, not the piano player, not the, the special. The preaching is the power of God. Right. That's that's what we that's what the Bible teaches us, and we've we've become <coughs> so afraid. Go ahead. <coughs> oh. Go. Like, oh yeah. Off. No, no, you're okay. Uh, I'm I'm just thinking of uh, we'll get into what makes this this CCM movement so dangerous and. You know, of course, everyone wants to harp on the music. It's always music, 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 music. But yeah. it goes so much beyond the music. It's right. a lifestyle. You know, uh, for instance, you know, Hillsong, United, and all that. They actually, it, it, it does, some of the songs they write are really beautiful songs. But then you dive into the to the imagery. You know, they have that song, Oceans. You know, you call me out upon the water. If you if you listen to everything that they're saying in there, it sounds just like the 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 whore that's mentioned in Revelation, that she's going to be on many waters. And I mean, you, you look it up and and let and then you know they practice uh, where where they go to graves of of people and they siphon their spirits out of the graves. And these are Christian people that are do they they lay on the graves and siphon their spirits out of the ground. First of all, if you're a Christian, you don't believe the spirits in the ground. Uh, so what are you doing, knucklehead? But yeah. it, it goes beyond just the singing. Some of the songs they write are very beautiful, but it's the practices that they, a lot of them are affirming. They affirm sodomy. Some are pro-abortion. Uh, yeah. We can't stand with that garbage. We can't be numbered with transgressors like that. And the preaching is, sh is so shallow. It's just shallow. It's not going to help anyone. It's very Joel Osteen, you know, 10, 10 steps to a better self-image, how to be a better you. And the, the reality is, on your best day, you're filthy. Yeah. You're filthy. Now, thankfully, God doesn't see us that way. He sees us as a son. But all you have to offer is, is nothing because you're broken and destitute without God anyways. I think what's, I think something that scares me. It, it, um, and I, something that scares me is, I think a lot, I think a lot of preaching, and we watched somebody together, and I'm not going to say who, uh, but it, to me, it sounded like a, like almost like a therapist and a psychologist. <coughs> yes. What? Is it? Like, and they got, they use these key words. Yes. And, and honestly, it's very you central. Whereas I think the Bible. Is Christ central? Uh, if you get Christ in you, you know that—that's what you need. And we're—and I—I see the—I hear these messages. It's like, you know, how to manage your finances and be a better you today, and all this. I mean, goodness gracious! I, you ought to be a good steward. Yeah, <laughs> save that for Dave Ramsey. Preach something to us. But but see, the thing is, Dave Ramsey doesn't claim to be a preacher or a pastor. Right. Right. And so yeah, I agree with you. You know, we've got good tools out there, but it just it just scares me to death when I hear some of these ter terms that they you It's a very and it's almost a humanist. It's almost like humanism. Yeah. And evolution. 
this evolutionary mindset that, you know, God God wants to make our earthly life better. Or something. I don't think so. I think he wants to make our heaven better. Right. We want to have a better yeah. heaven. That's possible, you know. And, um, and yeah, right. we do that by our earthly life in a heavenly way. But we become so focused on, you know, mm-hmm. hey, and we, we, you know, preachers 20 years mock Joel Osteen, but man, like you just said, we've kind of become a little bit more like him today. We have independent and, Baptist preachers preaching his sermons. They, <laughs> yeah. Ex- exactly. Um, you know, I, it just scares me. I, I, I think of, you know, my, my, I have a family member that has a degree in psychology. And so I know a little bit about it, haven't talked to them. And some of the, you know, Sigmund Freud philosophy has really entered into our Charles Darwin natural select. All that stuff is is really implement infiltrated um, churches. Right. And we need to, you know, main main philosophy. The Bible talks about that. Things that are called science that are not, you know. And I think, you know, sometimes preachers say certain words or certain things to sound eloquent, you know, and it's like, what happened to just keep it simple, you know? Right. Brother, uh, it was a doc, he used to say, uh, you know, put the cookies on the bottom shelf. Yeah, you know? keep it simple, Shepard. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right. Put it down, but he can get it. Right. Uh, and get the medicine, and, and it's, it's it's scary stuff, man, that yeah. preachers have become philosophers and therapists and psychologists yes. when they, the Bible tells them you ought to be doing the work of an evangelist. Right. And I think yeah, I think personally if you if you get up on Sunday and you don't offend somebody, you you ain't doing it right, man. You Amen. Gotta, you gotta offend somebody, but the truth offends somebody. I remember a pastor told me this. He says, you ever, you ever have somebody wake you up in the, really early in the morning and you're cranky? You know, and you, you know, he goes, that's what it's like when you wake up. Somebody wakes you up. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. You're cranky. You're mad. I want to go back to bed. I want to go close with my eyes and be back in the darkness. That's yeah. what you want to Amen. And that's contemporary ministries moved away from that. Like you said, hey, they can write some good music. Yeah, but the devil did too. The devil is music. Right. I mean, goodness gracious. He is the pipes and the taverns were prepared in him. Right. From the day he was created. So, <laughs> yeah. We ought to be careful. Yeah. You're right. I try. I try to remind myself to do a number of things every time I'm in the pulpit. There's a few things I want to make sure that I always do. I want to number one exalt Christ. Then I want to edify the church. I want to exhort the the uh, saint, and I want to evangelize the sinner. Those are the things that I always want to do. I I've never been to therapy. <laughs> Some people may think I need to go. But, uh, you know, my my time in the pulpit, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm a gospel preacher. You know, right, we, we believe, you know, like alcohol, there's no it's there's no disease of alcoholism. That's sin. You yeah. know, it's not it's not a disease. It's a sin problem. We are called we are called to reprove and rebuke and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. They don't need counseling sessions. Uh, that you can save that for the office, the pulpit. We're commanded to get in the pulpit, shout shout our voice like a trumpet, stomp the foot, 
hit the thigh and and preach against sin and 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 lift up the name of Christ. And I I just believe personally that if we do that, God will bless every time. Absolutely, and like you said, you know, there's there's a time for these different things, you know, and and in a way, when you are you are you are of course. You're counseling people, get away from sin. Run away. I live right down the road here. From a big, the, I'm in Black River because there's a Black River right down the street. And every once in a while, you'll hear the siren sound, and there's a voice that comes on and says, high water warning, high water rise, and get away from the water. And that's, to me, that's what preaching is, man. It's get away from the water. The water's coming in fast. Right. And I've... Some churches, man, the water is taking them right down. They, they, they dip, they dip their foot in, and it's you know it's funny that we we talk about this a lot, but usually what happens is is you know the the older guy moves on and the young guy comes in and changes everything, <laughs> and that's and it's scary. It's scary. Yeah. I, I you know we need to be praying for these churches that you know, hey. Stick by the stuff, keep going because, and we know naturally, it's not naturally, but scripturally, prophetically, that yes, there are, there's going to be a great falling away first. Yeah. And I, we can't be afraid either. Well, no. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to lose them. Well, if they leave, so that's what the Bible says. If they leave from us, they were never of us. That's right. If they were there to have their ears, their ears tickled. That's right. <laughs> They're, Fancy That's right. And so the truth drives them away. You, know, you shine the light, right? You know, in Florida, when I used to clean the bathrooms there, you turn on that light, all the roaches are like, they scatter. You know, and I, I, you know that's what we need to be doing. We need to scatter the roaches. <laughs> light on, the roaches will scatter. Amen. Uh, so that's what, that's what will happen. And hey, it, it offends somebody, you know. Obviously, you want to offend somebody with Bible truth, not your personal opinion. But of course, uh, I mean, unless you're doing me, I mean, our opinions are always right. So. No, we're not. We're not looking to hurt people. Uh, no, you know, no. we're not setting out to hurt people or harm people. But if what we preach is the truth, and the truth offends you, that's between you and the Lord, who is the truth. Yeah. So. I lost your audio there. Got me back? Yeah, I got you back now. All right. Um, I, you know, I used to always say this when we, when I went to church in Brockton, there was a lot, there was a laundromat there and it was, it's called the wash hour. You ever seen yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. The wash hour. Yeah. The wash hour. Yeah. Yeah. I used to say, I used to say to my pastor, I said, that's church for some people, man. They, they, they go the whole week, and then they come to church, and that's the washout. Yeah, you that's know, right. I'm that's right. Get a little rinse, a little dry, and go back right back out in the world. <laughs> the washout. <laughs> but that's you know, and I challenge people. I, I don't know how many you know we had a lot of views last. I don't know who's watching this, but one thing I challenge people, and I personally, me personally, throughout the week, man, you got to be prepared to go to the house of God. It's yeah. Just, you can't go, and we all do it, but we're not Catholics. You know, like, we gotta, we gotta, we should go to church ready to share something, too. I I think some of the best, we talk about ministry experiences, but some of the best 
experiences in my life or even before the service, after service, fellowship with yes. people. Yes, me too. And, and, and just sharing what God did in your heart that week. Yes. You even compared and read. And to me, the, the, the Bible says that the house of God is a house of prayer. Right. It's not the house of contemporary music. It's not the house of, you know, the best suit and the best tie and the shiny shoes. Though those things are good, you know, wear a suit shirt. I amen for that. Right. But, but man, the house of prayer. Yes. And it's the, the cross. I already mentioned that. And that's the power of God. That's right. Um, man, and you know something true that's true is I read I, I read this somewhere. Maybe I heard somebody say it, but it was a statistic or a survey that was done that people actually prefer old time religion. You know. People actually prefer, they actually want that. Right. And we think that, we think that we have to do, no, they go to the movie theater, my friend. They go to the theaters. They go to the clubs. They, when they come to church, they need to know they're at church. Right. <laughs> there used to be like, that's what it used to be like when I, when I went to church, 12, 13, we were there and I was like, man, I'm going to church. It was different. Right. It felt the smell was different. The people were different. Everything. Now I go there and I'm like, is it different? Right. Do I do I not feel any different? But am I gonna? You know, am I getting just looking to just get as entertained as I would if I went to a play or theater or whatever? It's a good point. You know what I'm saying? It's church. Church should be church. Let's the church be church. Yes. You know, the gathering of God's people to a local place to hear the word of God preached and to respond with prayer. Yes. That's what church is. It's it's worshiping. It's lift, like you said, lifting up Christ. Right. And what's scary is a lot of times is these specials, we call them specials, but they really become these performances. Yeah. And it's, it's dangerous. You've done special church. I've done special church. And sometimes I have to be like, okay, Lord, am I more concerned about what the people are going to hear from my voice? Matter of fact, well, matter of fact, message. remember when God humbled us because we sang a special and we were like, oh, we don't have dear. to practice this at all. We, we, and we did awful. It was horrible. We were like, yeah, we've sung this song. We've sung this song 15, 20 times together. There's no way we need to practice. And yeah, it was we, awful. We got up there in the flesh. And uh, I remember Doc, Doc told me a story. He said, he said, man, he goes, you ever heard about that young, he was talking, he was talking about me. But he was like, you ever heard that young preacher who was all proud, everything like that? He got up there and he did terrible. He came down humble and he said, Man, if that preacher went up as he came down, he would have came down as he went up. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you know, I've always remembered that. And that's, humility is so important in ministry, too. Having right. Humility. And there, everybody's different, I think. And every preacher is different. God uses us for who we are. Sure. And we're not, we're not saying that, you know, everybody's going to sound the same or preach the same. No. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not saying that. Be biblical. That's what we're saying. Right. Be biblical. Right. And don't that we don't gotta think that we gotta do the new thing and change. Because like we said, there in ten years there's gonna be something new. There's gonna be some new thing. We don't even know what it is yet. 
some new technology? Do we have to have this new technology in our church to reach the young people? Then, hey, if that's the case, then we might as well throw the Bible, throw our Bibles out because, or might as well get a new Bible, right? If right. we're going to have new this, well, we'll get a new Bible then. Right. right? We can, it's amazing to me that we we say we're going to stick to this, we're going to stick to the King James Bible. We're not going to change the King James Bible. Yet we change in every other way. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, since since when do we? We're the people that don't change. Right. Be not given to much. What does it say? Be not given to change. It says, "Fear uh, the king and meddle not with those that are given to change." Say, yeah. Proverbs, right? Yeah, meddle yeah. Not with the change. And I'm not saying that we don't tweak things. I'm sure you tweak things in the couple of years you've been a pal. Like, hey, how can I do this better? Of course. But remaining biblical. You know, I look in the last, what, COVID and everything, everybody, you know, a lot of people have done online. I mean, I know preachers that never, ever would use online. <laughs> I was video. one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, but now, but to be honest, and this is just a side point, um, you know, now with the restrictions being kind of lifted, it might be good to just ditch the online yep. again. Yep. But I think a lot, of, a lot of people are using it as an excuse. A, cru a crutch. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so, and I think you know you're one that that agrees with me on that, and you you told me that too. You know, I'm like, hey, brother, I'm gonna go watch go watch your uh, sermon there from last week or whatever, and and you're like, nope, I didn't post it because I want people to come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So exactly, man. I uh, I'm trying to think through my head here. I think we've covered pretty much everything we want to cover. Are we missing Absolutely. anything? No, I um, and like you said, you mentioned your book. Get that book, and please. Brother, you, just, you just did a uh, a thing on revival there, uh, podcast on revival. Yeah, and we both both read that book there. Revival is through the Word of God, and I love that book. But you want to have revival, man. Revival is is starts you know with you. But it's you and God. It's not you and anything else. You and the Lord and, and, and His Word. And we need revival. Yes. Man, man oh man, do we yes. need it back. Revival, revival is not a man in a $5,000 suit with $3,000 yeah. cufflinks and a yeah. $120,000 Mustang, you know, who... Who comes and preaches sermons that he just preached last week at another church? That's not yep. that's not a revival. Uh, that's not first of all. That's not even biblical evangelism. It's and it's second certainly not revival. Revival starts in the heart, like Brother Garrett said. And what we need is for people to agree with God about their sin, and then repent from it and turn to Him again. That's revival. Just uh, accepting that you've wronged God, that you're in sin, you get out of it and get right with God. That's revival. And that's what we need in this nation, uh, in our churches. Our churches have become lethargic and lackadaisical and lukewarm. We're apathetic. We're apologizing when we should be apologists. Uh, it's just, yeah. it's, yeah. just uh, it's backwards. So, Brother Garrett, man, thanks again for taking time to come and speak with us. I sure appreciate it. I know you got a lot going on. But Brother Garrett, I'm hoping it can be a regular guest with us. I think we work really good together. And we 
we've done stuff like this for a long time. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna finish our episode on unashamedly Baptist. There'll be a part two. We'll start with individual soul liberty. That'll be coming out, and then maybe we'll uh, we'll call out some of these heretics, these modern day heretics. That'll be a that'll be a fun episode. But uh, folks, we want to thank you uh, for tuning in. I think we went right around an hour, so I want to thank you all for tuning in. The uh, podcasts have been doing very well. There are more views than listens, but uh, either way, we're getting it out there. Uh, let's hope we get this one to another 100 views, another 30, 40 listens on the on the platforms. That'd be a blessing. want to thank you all for tuning in. Brother Gary, you got any final words of encouragement? Absolutely. I, what you said, you mentioned about Revival is not a you know a, a case term, and I just thought of you know I just thought of this, but I pre- preach messages, and I, I the Lord gave me a thought years ago was when your when your message and your sermon becomes a script, you better throw it away. That's right. And get something new. That's right. You know, not new, but something fresh. Fresh oil. And I was a lot of times these messages become like acting. It's almost like preachers. A lot of preachers have become actors. Well, yeah. I've got. I gotta, you know, tell this story and see people cry, and you know, we just talked about ministry experiences, and all those ministry experiences were kind of just—they were spontaneous, if you will. They—they they were just born out of—they just life appeared, if you will, from God. Right. When Jesus, when God said, "Let there be light," it was boom, like that young man we talked. It was just right there, boom. There's right. Life, there's life, there's spirit there, and it's only God. God can do it. That's right. We don't, need to, we don't need to change. We don't need to change our our methods and things like that. What we need to do is stick by by the book. By the book. Amen. And I'm thankful that you know you had a pastor call you. I'm thankful for the pastor that you into this. And you know, we yeah, you. we love you, preachers, and and we're thankful for you. You know, we got some in Florida and other places. So thankful for good preachers. We need we need it so bad. Yes. So yes. We want we want to encourage the the men of God that tune in. You know, keep going, man, and, and, yeah. and thank God for people, you know people getting saved in your churches and keep going because the you know that's going to keep going on. These experiences are going to keep happening. Amen. With the with the Lord's help, the Lord's doing. Amen. Yeah, with uh with Brother Garrett, uh, you know. We're numbered more with though. There's more that disagree with us than agree with us, and that's okay. That's always going to happen when you're when you're standing for the Lord. But he's right. I, I did have a pastor call me say he was encouraged by what he was hearing. And uh, if you're tuning in, that's all. That's all. At the end of the day, we want to be as an encouragement, something that you can, you know, if you're studying, if you're driving, you can listen and and be encouraged. Maybe we'll fire you up a little bit because there's a bunch of guys that's that's wanting to get out, and we don't. We don't need you to get out. We need you to stay plugged in. Your church needs yeah. you. Your family yeah. needs you. Your city needs you. Your town needs you. Uh, you know, we need we need we need you. We need you. I, I need those phone calls. I need those text messages. I need to know that there's men in in North Carolina and New York and Alabama and Montana and Nebraska that that believe the way I, that we do and that they're sticking by the stuff and the remnant is smaller and it's getting smaller, but thank God we're not we're not bowing the knee to bail. And I'm thankful that there's friends that we can call on and and agree with. So 
Brother Garrett, thank you again for taking your time. Folks, we want to thank you for tuning in this uh, this morning to the Cowboy Clergyman Podcast. Uh, if you are a Christian, we want to encourage you to do something for God. Live your life for Him. Go to church. Be involved in a New Testament Baptist church, the body and bride of Christ. Find something to do. Encourage your pastor. If you're not saved, we'd sure like to help you know the Lord as your Savior. The Bible says that you must repent of your sin and call upon the Lord to save you. You can message me. You can message Brother Garrett. We'll send you a Bible. We'll send you a literature. We'll do whatever we, we can do to help you. And we, we'll talk to you on the phone. We'll, we'll Skype you. We'll email you. Whatever we can do to make sure you uh, trust the Lord and get in the family of God. This is Brother Hines signing off. We will be in the saddle sometime next week. Brother Garrett, thanks again, man. Always good to have you. All righty. God bless you, everybody. That's our prayer.